welcome back to another episode of Talk Shonen. I am here solo today, so I am Jared, and I am by myself, and today I, it's so weird, I'm so used to saying we, I am going to be talking about the Disney Plus series, The Book of Boba Fett, and I'm going to be reviewing said series. Uh, Now, this series in particular has been pretty divisive amongst fans. There's a lot of fans that have liked the series. Um, I will say right off the bat, it's not perfect. Um, I wouldn't even put it as comparable or along the same lines as Mandalorian Season 2. But it was a solid series in a lot of regards. So a lot of people are in the same camp as I am, where there was things that they liked about it, but there was also things that they wished that they would have done differently or made it longer or, or could have made it better in some way. Um and then there's the other camp, which thinks that it was terrible. <laughs> that that honestly, it was. I, I've I've heard the phrase the worst piece of Star Wars since um, Rise of Skywalker, which I completely don't agree with. Uh, Rise of Skywalker was really bad, and so was the Last Jedi. Um, the 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 new sequels were definitely significantly worse than the Book of Boba. I'm just going to put it out there. Um, so at the top of everything, I'm going to say there's definitely going to be spoilers for the entire series in this review. So I'm just letting everybody know if you have not watched the book of Boba, uh, log off now, watch the entire freaking series. It's, it's in Disney plus it's all, it's all available now. It's not that much. Watch, watch the series, come right back and, uh, you know, listen in then you have been warned. All right. So. I think where I'm going to start is I'm going to start with talking about some of the things that I think could have been done better in the show. Now, the show was done in a very interesting way where it is it, it was a short series compared to what most of the Disney Plus series are. Most of the Disney Plus series are 12 or, or 10 or 12 episodes and for Book of Boba they went with 7 which is definitely a serious departure from the normal format. And it, it, it hindered this in a lot of ways. I do agree that this show could have been better if it was given more episodes to flesh out a lot of the characters because that was, that was a thing with this show. There was a lot of important people in it. This was not just about Boba Fett. This was about Boba Fett. This was about Fennec Shan. This was about the Mandalorian. Honestly, um, it was about uh, Black Crescenton. It was about the mods. It was about, you know, everybody in Mos Espa. It was about, you know, Grogu. Uh, it was about Luke. It was about Ahsoka Tano. There was so many moving parts to this that it really needed, I think, a few more episodes, I'd say like three or four more episodes that would have rounded out the series as a whole and made it better. Um, another one of the places where I think it could have been a little bit better is the the pacing of it. So the first the first episode is definitely slow. It's a slow burn. Um, it's you know you're starting out. You have you have Boba Fett new to being the daimyo of Tatooine. And uh, he's just really trying to assert himself as this criminal underlord while still not just being an asshole like Jabba and Bib Fortuna were 
And uh, it's it's a weird kind of space for him to be in because he was this hated, cold-blooded, dangerous, badass bounty hunter for years. He was he was he was one of the most feared people in the galaxy. And now he's just kind of like, hey man, why can't we all just get along? And it seems kind of abrupt at first. Uh, even even when he came in in the Mandalorian season two, uh, you can you can definitely tell that this wasn't the same Boba that went into the Sarlacc pit. And then that's when the the flashback started. And I am personally a fan of flashbacks that are done well. Um, and some of these were done really well. And I honestly think that that some of the flashback scenes, the time where, you know, the time spent with Boba escaping the Sarlacc pit, uh, Sarlacc pit seeing what he did, um, you know, Boba being rescued or being well, first stripped of his armor by the Jawas and then not remembering. Um, and then his time spent with the Tusken Raiders. I actually loved those sections. I feel like they really fleshed his fleshed out his character and really dictated why he was acting how he was acting, you know, for his entire life. He was, he was raised as a weapon. Um, he was made to be a weapon, raised as a weapon and then used as a weapon and this was, you know, it's not really evident how much time has elapsed since Return of the Jedi and uh, and and the, that flashback in Book of Boba, but it has to be a significant amount of time. Boba's like in his fifties now, um, in the Book of Boba, so it had to have been quite a while. <laughs> and uh, you know, he has worked himself into you know starting as as a captive of the Tuscans and then working his way up to being accepted and then becoming a, a full-fledged member of the tribe. I think that that really was his his time to say, you know, maybe there's something different. Maybe I don't have to be a weapon. Maybe maybe there is more to life than killing people. Maybe I don't have to be alone all the time. And that was another thing for Boba. Boba has a, a real issue with abandonment. Because of the fact that one, when he was younger, his dad was always leaving for you know bounty hunting missions, and then of course his dad you know quickly getting right off the top and losing his head. Um, that you know, and then all the subsequent things that happened in the Clone Wars that kind of show him that you that he really can only rely on himself. You know, there's been a couple people here and there that have been there for him, but nothing nothing substantial. He hasn't really had a sense of uh, community, a sense of family, and I think that that's what he needed to really become happy with himself. And I think that that's, that's something that a lot of fans are overlooking. You know, everyone, you know, myself included, fell in love with Boba Fett, the cool, badass, silent, mysterious bounty hunter that was just standing there looking awesome and then was, you know, further fleshed out in the expanded universe. But that, that's not the Boba Fett that we got. The Boba Fett that we got is, is, is you know, the guy who went into the Sarlacc pit with... Uh, just, you know, vague stories about what he has done and that were then further fleshed out in the Clone Wars where he was a badass. He did do a lot of cool things. Um, but he was, he was, a do I think what, he was probably in his 30s or so when, uh, when Return of the Jedi uh, was happening. So, uh, you know, he was a 30-year-old dude that fell into what should have been, you know, guaranteed death and, you know, from sheer force of will, fought his way out and was in a position where he didn't have anything. He didn't know what he was going to do. Um, and he was really learning a different way to live. 
And that's important because people change. If this would have been the same mysterious, like, oh, uh, no disintegrations, uh, I'm going to get them, I'll bring them in alive or dead, um, Boba Fett, it would have been really dumb, honestly. It's like, so you're telling me you made it to 50 years old and the person that you were when you were 10 is the person that you continued to be for your entire life. You didn't grow. You didn't learn anything. There's no lessons along the way that, that, that helped form you into a different person. A a story where the character starts and ends in the exact same place is not a good story. Like, let's just, let's just be honest. If you're telling a story and someone is, you know, someone is, 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 is dark and gritty. And at the, at the end, they're dark and gritty. (laughs) You know, what happened? What was the point of everything? And Book of Boba really set it up that there was a reason why we should care about this character. You know, it, over the years, you're going to become a different person. Your, your priorities are going to shift and his shifted. And, and as fans, we should accept that. And I think that, that, that leads me into an issue that I'm having a lot. Uh, I I've said it, outside of the the recordings but every time something new comes out for star wars i'm almost embarrassed to say that i'm a star wars fan now which for the longest time i was like no i'm a star wars fan it's cool it's it's a a great movie it's a great it's it's a great series everything about it is awesome and the community was always you know there's there's some divisiveness but you know for the most part um everybody was always you know supportive because we were just nerds we were nerds together we were we were not fully accepted by the mainstream together now it's since being a nerd is cool being geeky is cool and liking star wars is cool you're you're it, it, like the dark side of the community is coming pun not intended but uh, is is coming out more where where nothing is good enough it's you have an idea of what star wars should be to you and if it's not that then it's not acceptable and that's I don't think that that's healthy as a fan base going forward or just as a human being. You shouldn't just be, I like this, so since I like this, this is the only way that it can be. No, you have to be open to, one, it's a story. You know, the greatest stories ever written, I can guarantee you, you didn't write them. You're just a person that, that you know, watched them, that witnessed them, that read them, that heard them. That is that was how you digested a story that was made by somebody else. And you had to accept the beginning, the middle, and the end, and everything that came with it. And I think that that's been lost on a lot of Star Wars fans, where they're like, no, I have such an attachment to this that I think it should happen the way that I want it to happen, and I'm going to yell and scream and complain until, it's, until it matches what's in my head. And that's unrealistic and it's unhealthy. And honestly, it, it needs to stop. You know, me talking into a microphone isn't going to make that stop. But I feel like if enough people start saying I've had enough with toxic fan bases, and this isn't not just for Star Wars, it's for a lot of things. But if they say that I've had enough of toxic fan bases, at some point things have to change. Um, so yeah, there's that. Um, another thing that I think could have been fixed so you know we've we've gone over that it, it definitely needed some more uh episodes and the pacing where you know like there there was you know yes it was set up really well but the amount of flashbacks that we had and how long they were really drug out the pacing so it made they made the show feel slower 
it felt like it was building up to something, but it was building up not quickly uh, or, no, or not quick enough, I would say. Um, but another thing that really hurt it was its focus on, and I, I love the character, but the Mandalorian and Grogu and Luke and Ahsoka Tano, people that weren't Boba Fett, <laughs> honestly. Um, he is the titular character, and he had two whole episodes uh, where he had one entire episode that he wasn't in, not a single time, had zero screen time. And then he has another episode where he is in for 13 seconds at the end and just nods. And if if there was 12 episodes, that could have slid. But with seven episodes, you're looking at there's only five episodes for you to really focus on your main character. And three quarters of those episodes are uh, are completely filled with flashbacks just trying to set up how he became who he is. It's, it was too much to to dedicate two whole episodes re- really to season two and a half of the Mandalorian. Um, I loved the episodes. They were great episodes. Like I'm, I'm not going to lie. You know, everything about them was really, really good. They were, they were two of the strongest episodes of the entire season, but in such a short, such a short run, you can't dedicate that much time to someone who's not your main character. Because it's basically just saying, I don't care about the main character as much as I care about the universe around it. Now, do I think that they could have spent some time showing the Mandalorian and everything that he's doing? Yes, because it because you know this is a connected universe between shows and between movies and things like that. So you know, having that wider view and in stepping out and giving some perspective to what's going on on Tatooine is a good thing. But I think that it was just too much, too much time of a season to dedicate aside from the main character. Um, so that's just really, I, and I, I think a lot of people probably end up feeling that exact same way. You know, some people are just like, nah, I just, I just really love the Mandalorian. I love baby Yoda. That's what I love. I loved seeing <clears throat> the updated, uh, deep faked Luke. I loved seeing, you know, Rosario Dawson as, as Ahsoka Tano again. I, I, I loved all of that, which, you know, yeah, good. Great. Uh, you're going to have the Mandalorian season three also to see that exact same stuff. It just felt forced into the book of Boba, and it, it if if it was one episode would have been great, um, but d- dedicating one full episode and ninety nine percent of another episode strictly to someone that's not your main character was a bit much, and I think that that definitely definitely hurt it. Now I'll I'll say pivoting from things that I I think hurt the show. Um, I want to go into things that I liked about the show. Uh, one, I liked the character development for Boba. I liked the time spent with the, the Tusken Raiders, as I stated. I think humanizing him and taking him from a weapon to a person was a smart idea. I liked the characters that he ended up surrounding himself with. I think he definitely did make some dumb decisions, and he definitely was rusty and not the same Boba Fett that we all fell in love with, but... He was still good, um, and 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 seeing him grow was a good idea, and it was it was it was really it added to the show, and I really enjoyed it. Um, two, um, I loved as I stated the characters that were around him. Uh, I loved the supporting cast, Fennec Shand. You know, there was some there was like weird parts in the middle where you thought that maybe she was she was a traitor, but then you know that was disproven. <laughs> um, 
So aside from that little period of time, we were like, is she actually on Boba's side? Um, she was an amazing character. She's she's exactly what he needs. She is she is the hardened criminal that he, that he could have continued to really just become. Um, and it balances out his sense of of dark righteousness. I, I don't even know how to how to you know phrase it. But she, it's it's good, and I like seeing Tamara Morrison and uh, and Ming Na Wen bounce off of each other. I think that their that their rapport was really really good, and I think that that added to the show a lot. Um, I loved the fact that they brought Black Chrysanthemum into it. You know, if anybody's read the expanded universe at all, he's a ridiculous giant, like you know, like the 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 opposite, the the Yang to Chewbacca's Yin. Um, so it's it's just great seeing him. Uh, come into the series that way um the mods mm, i liked the idea of them i think that their aesthetic would have worked better for uh a different planet than tatooine but i i i I still i liked them enough I, i i think that the two main ones were great the rest of them were throwaway it is what it is uh they were just a little bit too clean for tatooine but they were still 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 good characters um, even, even, uh, the Gamoran guards were, were great. Uh, the, 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 the Tusken Raider warrior was amazing. And seeing that, uh, that dynamic, um, there, uh, a lot of really great supporting characters. Uh, the Mandalorian always great. <laughs> um, Pedro Pascal's voice acting, um, you know, is, is, is getting amazing at this point for just, you know, giving that whole kind of like sullen dad, trying to come to grips with the fact that he's not going to be like the warrior that he was anymore. Um, so is is really nailed, but the supporting cast was extremely good. Um, so that was another thing that I really loved. Um, I'd say the action in this season, uh, was something that I liked and something that I think could have been better. Uh, second episode, the train heist was amazing. It was, it was honestly probably some of the best action, the dark saber fight, was good. I think thematically and storytelling wise, it was really, really good. Um, and it was a different, a different type of lightsaber scene than what we've seen before. Um, any scene where Boba was fighting before the finale was okay. His, well, his, his stick fighting. Great. Um, everything else was kind of just okay. Fennec Shan doing her assassin shit was great. Um, but the 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 action was really hit or miss where you had where you had uh really really great times and then like okay times and kind of bad ones like the whole or the first episode assassination attempt there were so many things where it's like you could have done this you could have done this you could have done this i know they're setting this up a lot like a western but you know it's still star wars there's still so much technology at your disposal Boba Fett is the most decked out bounty hunter that has ever existed there was different things that he could have done um the finale this i have to kind of dedicate some time um so one you know we had cameos this season um some pretty big ones i just i mentioned a few mandalorian grogu ahsoka tano luke those were big one of the craziest ones though was the introduction of or the reintroduction of Cad Bane, the most, what people say is the the most dangerous bounty hunter to ever have lived. 
Um, and he was portrayed extremely well. Um, a lot of people were bad mouthing his look, uh, saying, oh, he looks, you know, like his, his face isn't shaped the exact same way, which is, he, he was a cartoon before. He's, it's not going to look the same. Um, or, you know, he's, he's paler. I'm going to remind people, we saw him in the Clone Wars. He's like 70 years old now. Now, you tell me, from the time when you're like 30 to the time when you're 70, do you look exactly the same? Probably fucking not. So cut the man some slack. He lives a hard life. He's traveling around. He's getting shot at. He's killing people. He's probably going to lose some of his youthful vigor after a while. Uh, Did not lose that speed, though. Um, which, you know, of course that, that brings me to Cobb Vanth, which was another great cameo. Um, but you know, playing into the finale, you know, just, uh, you know, I, I doubted over all of the cameos. Um, this is a lot harder without a, <laughs> without a co-host. So I apologize if it seems that I'm kind of shooting all over the place. But, um, so if, if I'm going to go into the, the finale, the finale is, I'm seeing probably the most division on this episode. Some people are like, this was a great episode. It was a 9 out of 10. I don't believe that. Uh, but then some people are like, this was a shit episode. This was 2 out of 10. I don't agree with that either. Um, I think that if I was going to give the finale anything, I would say 7? Seven? 7? Yeah, 7. You know, just an even 7. It was good. There was parts where I was like, oh shit, and there was other parts where I was like, this is kind of dumb. <laughs> um, but uh, something that I just mentioned not too long ago, the fact that this series, well, The Mandalorian, The Book of Boba, and Star Wars as a whole, it was influenced a lot by like Westerns and things like that. Um, and this season was highly, highly, anything Mandalorian, honestly, at this point, seems to be highly you know, influenced by westerns and the finale was just a western it was almost it was very butch cassidy and the sundance kid you know mixed with you know the magnificent seven mixed with the good the bad and the ugly there was you know mixed with the quick and the dead you know there was there was a lot of just old western elements that seem weird in star wars and, you know, people that are used to fast action, like the, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, where everything is highly choreographed and moving around and a lot of moving parts, um, they, they, you know, they're not, they're not a fan of it, but that's not how Westerns are shot. Westerns are shot more intentionally. They're shot slower. They're shot, you know, in less set pieces, um, where it's like the, you're in the square, then you're in the saloon, then you're in another part of the town, then you're in a mine. Like it's that that's just how westerns are shot. Um, and I think that this finale was going for that western. This is the last 15, 20 minutes of the movie is a shootout, and that's what this was. It was it was a straight shootout, and I think that it captured that really well. Do I think that there that Boba Fett and his his quote unquote army of like twelve people uh, had a good plan? No, they did not. They were they were overly spread out. They were in places that didn't make sense for you know who was in the place. Like you have the mods 
that are on these scooters that are highly mobile and have a very in-depth knowledge of the city of Mos Espa. You have them in the tightest quartered uh, back alleys just looking at stuff. Then you have Black Chrysanthemum, who's a Wookiee, uh, in the in front of City Hall, the, surrounded by Trandoshans. Which you know, one he ripped the fucking arm off of a Trandoshan like three episodes earlier. And Wookiees historically hate Trandoshans. Why the fuck are you putting him there? And then you have the Gamoran guards, and they're just they're, they're just st- they're dudes with axes. They're big green Shrek pig people. With axes, and you have them on top of a cliff, you know, overlooking the city, looking at fucking trains. What are they gonna do? Like, what did you expect was gonna happen in the places that you put these people? Then you have Fennec Shand, the best assassin in the galaxy, fucking sitting back, hanging out with you in a cantina where it's just two Mandalorians and an assassin chilling in the goddamn dark. Like, it wasn't going to go well. It was poorly planned. But honestly, most Westerns, poorly planned. It's just like, oh, let's just go in there and shoot them on out. You know, they they have the remnants of a plan, and it goes to shit, and then they make it work because they're the heroes. And that's kind of what happened here, and it felt a little bit forced. But, uh, but yeah, you know, you had your, your cool, you know, face-to-face Cad Bane trying to piss off Boba, and it worked. Um, you know, and also flexing on him, just being like, you're still slower than me. Like, you're going to be slower than me, and uh, you, you can't beat me. Um, so, yeah, there was that. And uh, I will say that the sending out the, the, the mayor's number two and using him as a distraction and then remembering that Mandalorians have fucking jetpacks and then just raining down, you know, blaster bolts from the sky was fun to see. Super fun. Um, kind of weird that they didn't try to maintain the high ground. You know, it's Star Wars. High ground's important. Um, anybody who's ever seen, you know, Star Wars. Um, but uh, you know, it, it gave that that city that 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 town square, you know, back to back shootout. Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid kind of vibe then, where you had Mando, you had Boba, just going back to back with this fucking vow to fight to the death. You know, going on just taking people out and it was it was cool because a lot of the times mando outshone boba fett in his show and that keeps happening until a fight happens the moment that there is a firefight you immediately tell the difference between mando and boba where mando is like you know getting one after another after another shot 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 in his pure beskar armor boba takes a few um, but still nowhere near the same. And then Boba just goes ape shit, taking out people with his main blaster, taking out people with a sidearm, utilizing his fucking knee rockets, utilizing his 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 wrist rocket, utilizing his back his jetpack rocket. Really, actually remembering that he has a bunch of cool shit that's very good at killing people. And then the two Mandalorians dispatched an obnoxious amount of throwaway pike red shirt you know soldiers and it was fun as shit to see to just see two mandalorians arrogant as shit in their in their nearly indestructible you know armor just wrecking the fuck out of 
everybody that was coming after them until they weren't. <laughs> and then you had the whole own oh, the town rallies um, scene, which yeah, it was it was necessary. And then Bla- and then Black Chrysanthemum, you know, coming in, basically eating blaster bolts like they're candy, um, getting in you know, weirdly inconsistent amount of damage. Um, but just seeing him throw people around and shoot him with a heavy blaster was fun. It was fun. And that's, I think that that's something that people forget when they watch Star Wars. Star Wars isn't realistic. There is space wizards. There's laser swords. There's, for some reason, people shoot blasters that have projectiles that move slower than bullets do. Canonically, bullets move faster than, than, than blaster bolts do. So it's like, it, it's not meant to be realistic. It's meant to be fun. It's meant to be entertaining. And this episode did that. Um, so, you know, it, it had that sense of fun and that sense of excitement. Um, I never really was worried about any characters that I cared about. Uh, the Gamorreans, they, 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 you know, sorry, uh, you know, upsettingly got pushed off of a fucking cliff without taking out a single goddamn person. But, you know, whatever. Um, a couple of the mods that no one knew the name of or gave a shit about also got taken out. Um, no one of import died. Um, but it was it was still fun to watch. And it, it gave you that feel of, uh, you know, hunkered down in the saloon, your back's to the wall, someone rides in on a wagon, it turns the tides a little bit, but not enough. Um, then you had your giant fucking droidekas come out of nowhere, which I loved the choreography. I loved the fact that they were using the jetpacks to to move around quickly. They were they were going to town on these things. But I mean, in in the Clone Wars, we were shown how to counteract droidica shields, unless these are like super shields. The same shit should have worked. Like it's it should have still been the same way to to overcome these. Um, but really, all these Dredicas were doing is one uh, dispersing the crowd of main characters that, for some reason, like a blood clot, just chilled right in front of the opening of the saloon. So it finally got them to scatter, and then it just it 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 opened up the door for what everybody wanted to see. Um, which felt slightly unearned, but it was Boba riding a fucking Rancor. And then it was Rancor on droid, just kaiju battle. And it was fun as shit to watch. I'm going to repeat, it felt unearned. (laughs) Like, it felt like, okay, um, they were saying, you can ride it. You have bonded with it. You know, Danny Trejo just given like this whole thing, which once again, Danny Trejo felt like a totally missed opportunity. I feel like if you gave this a couple more episodes, Danny Trejo could have been in a couple episodes and Boba could have been learning how to ride the fucking Rancor, you know, a skill that he that he, you know, feels like he might have to use. See him get thrown a few times, see him try to really strengthen the bond with this this creature that was just nothing but a terrifying massive animatronic in the in the original series and is now like his fucking pet um it would have been really cool to see that but we didn't get that we we got boba immediately knowing how to ride this damn thing but it was cool as shit to see a kaiju battle so i really you know i enjoyed it but i didn't love it and that's a lot it's the reason why i gave it a seven 
I enjoyed it. I didn't hate this episode. I didn't dislike this episode. I enjoyed it. It's above a five. Five is good. Six is, you know, slightly better than good. Seven is enjoy. Like seven is where you're like, I actually would watch this again. I enjoyed the episode, but I did not love the episode. There was a lot of things about the episode that I feel could have been fixed and could have been done better. So there is that. I feel like Grogu coming into it. I I love that Luke didn't bring him back because that would have been weird. Luke seeing Luke seeing Boba, Boba seeing Luke, and uh, if he would have gotten involved, that would have completely fucked it up. And I I I, I agree with that a hundred percent. So I'm glad that I'm glad that we had that. Grogu is no matter how adorable he is and how much I love having him in there. It, it took away from things that I think should have highlighted Boba. Because at this point, this episode could have set up Boba as, you know, a future candidate for Mandalore. You know, it could have really shown him as a leader. It could have shown him as a great warrior. It could have shown him as a kind-hearted general. Um, and really what it showed him as was was still a weapon, is, is a guy who's really good at killing. Um and that's what he just kept doing. Uh, and and Grogu calming the Rancor, it, it took a moment that could have been Boba Fett getting in front of the Rancor as the Rancor charged, you know, his 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 people, his his uh, the, the remnants of his army, the people that just put their lives on the line and him standing up to this creature that's terrifying them. And using that bond, taking off his helmet maybe even, and just, you know, getting close, putting his head next to the Rancors or whatever, and just calming it down and getting it to, you know, just off of the 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 power of their bond and, and you know, protecting his people. It would have been a moment and it would have felt nice. And, and then you could have easily then gone to uh, the Cad Bane duel, which I will now talk about. The Cad Bane duel I liked, but, and this is a big but, if you did not watch The Clone Wars, it feels weird. Like, I watched The Clone Wars. I know why it's a big deal. I've seen the deleted scene on how Boba got the dented helmet. I know why it's a big deal. But if you didn't watch that, you're not going to know why it even freaking matters. So it, it, it felt a little out of nowhere. I do like the fact that Cad Bane is faster than Boba. He can draw a blaster faster than a person who's already holding a blaster can raise it. So I liked that. I think that it could have been a little bit more stylized. They probably could have gone done a little bit more with it. I'm not saying throw in another 360 shoot like they did with with uh, with the Cyclops mod. But you know, they, I I feel like they could have they could have jazzed it up a little bit more. Um, but I I do like the fact that that Cad Bane, even though he's he's geriatric at this point, um, still was whooping ass. And then you know it gave Boba the ability to come back and you know utilize what he learned with the Tuscans and go archaic on his ass and beat him to death with a stick. So, you know, in a world, once again, where there's ships that can travel galaxies, you know, faster than the speed of light and, you know, laser guns and fucking light swords, it's really nice to see someone, you know, just get beat with a stick, you know, go, go in old school. Um, so, like I said, all in all, I give, I give the finale a seven. I give the Book of Boba 
and I hate to say it because like I, I Boba Fett is still my favorite character that's ever been in Star Wars. I have so much nostalgia with it. I have I have I have so many memories of just you know playing with a Boba Fett figure and and reading ex, 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 the expanded universe stuff, reading all the stuff and reading different things from Legends, reading different comics, and seeing all these different things. He's still my favorite character, and it, it pains me that I I give Mandalorian a higher score than I give the Book of Boba, but I I feel like like. <laughs> The direction of the show kind of did him dirty um, by not giving him enough time to shine. So I have to land on the show as a whole at a 10. I got to give it like a 6.2, uh, 6.2, 6.3, 6.5 on a good day, but 6.2, 6.3 is really where I'm going to land. Um, it was good. It was it was a good show that had potential and if they would have given it more episodes, I think it could have been as good as The Mandalorian, even without the adorableness that is Grogu. Um, I think that it would have been a different feel of a show, but it could have been about as good as The Mandalorian. Um, do I hope it gets a second season? Yes, of course I do. I would love to see Boa as much as possible. Um, I think that they're going to have to, one, give it more episodes, to have a very clear structure for for the timeline of what they're doing. I feel like they're still going to do the flashbacks. I feel like that's a big part of Boba's character. But uh, I, I think at this point, if he's not feeling the whole being the daimyo of Tatooine, if he, you know, he can hunt down Mace Windu, he can, you know, which would be dope. I would love to see that. Um, but he's he's really more on the whole honoring his father thing, not really not really all about vengeance anymore. So like <laughs> it's 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 a weird spot, but I would love to see a season 2. Um I just hope that they give it some more episodes because the 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 framework for an awesome show is there. And uh I think they just need more time to to execute. But yeah, so that's 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 how I feel. Um next week I should be joined by people so it won't just be me screaming into the void. So you can find us wherever you find your podcast, but the best place to do that is going to be on our website, rumrunnerspodcastnetwork.com. That's R-U-M-R-U-N-N-A-S-P-O-D-C-A-S-T-N-E-T-W-O-R-K.com. That's right. I can spell it better than Kyle K-N. Um, you can listen to all of our shows there, Rum Runners Dark Rum. This show, you can listen to Norwell's Nightmares. You can listen to the new podcast, Infinite Universes. <clears throat> as well as all of the shows that are distributed by Rummers Podcast Network, uh, things like the Chungus Cast, things like Senpai Kohai, uh, things like you have to watch this podcast. Um, so you make sure to check those out. Also, go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Talk Shonen. Um, and don't forget to follow our partners at Times Live Radio Studios. Follow them on Facebook and make sure to check out the Lehigh Valley Food Podcast if you're in the Valley or anywhere nearby and want to know where to eat. You don't want to miss that one. So until the next one, everybody, embrace your fandoms. Let your nerd flag fly. I shall see you. Peace. <laughs>